0: Welcome to the Roll Bama Roll podcast. I'm Wesley Gullett. As always, I'll be joined by Brad Canning. Before we get started, we do want to remind everyone, especially those who subscribe, to visit rollbamaroll.com. We'd love to interact with you guys in the comment section when the podcast is posted. And not just for us, Brad. There's a a lot of guys a little more talented than us probably working there. So it's definitely worth your time to check out their work, sign up, get involved in the community.
1: Yeah, I mean, and you no longer have to keep it in your head too. If you want to tell us how disappointed you are when you hear our jokes or things like that, come on out. Let's let's have a little <laughs> laugh. Let's talk some shit. You yeah. know, let's have some fun here. Yeah,
0: no doubt, Alabama came away with a 49-7 win at home on Saturday. Another big day for Tua. They move on to Ole Miss this coming Saturday, but first, this has been a significant, significant week for Alabama on the recruiting trail. The number one dual threat quarterback in the country, Bryce Young. Decommits from USC, commits to Alabama. 24-7 Sports moved Bryce Young up to the number four overall player in the country in their latest update. He's listed at five eleven. There are a lot of people that think if Bryce Young was three inches taller, he'd move up those three spots to the number one player in the nation. In short, elite arm, elite accuracy, he's electric in the run game. Brad, we cannot overstate how huge of a commitment this is for Alabama going forward. Do you put this in the same realm as, say, the the Tua commitment or the Julio commitment, like some of those Tier 1 signings that truly signified something major?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, it's been overplayed, but it's – a lot like the Tua commitment and, you know, the From decommitment, commitment and you have Carson Beck this go around. But it's also to me, it is a another generation of recruiting Julio Jones, possibly in terms of, you know, Nick Saban's in going into his, what, 13th year now. So what you have is another chapter of his career here because of what he's going to lose after this season on offense, too. So this could be that game changer to continue the trend, which I mean, honestly, I know I'm being a little hyperbole here because regardless of a damn quarterback, he's still going to kill it on the trail. But at the same time, it definitely doesn't hurt. I think if anything, this is your cornerstone, you know, moving forward.
0: Yeah, this one feels different. I think this signifies more than than just another five-star on the commitment list for, for Nick Saban. This says Alabama and Nick Saban can continue their dominance on offense, like you said, which, let's face it, anyone who wants to remain at the top of college football right now in this day and age needs to be able to do that it's hard to shut power five teams out or even even really hold them under 20 nowadays and it, it says to me that the two assigning wasn't something that alabama basically like backed into one time they can build on that and that's what they're doing right now they're appealing to the top dual threat quarterback in the country from the state of california so nick saban continue, continues evolving
1: yeah, what a world where the big ass quarterback, the number one prospect, goes to Clemson and the dual threat quarterback comes to Alabama.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. Uh, Bryce Young plays for uh, modern day high school in Santa Ana, California. They're considered the number one high school team in the country right now by both Max Preps and High School Football America. I've had the chance, Brad, to to watch a couple of modern-day games this season. They play what is considered to be the toughest high school schedule in the country as well. And also, by the way, if if you want to watch Bryce Young live, Modern day plays on ESPNU on Friday night, so set that to record or watch it live, however you want to do it. But uh, they're traveling across the country to play um, St. John's in Washington, D.C. But uh, just to give anyone who isn't familiar with, with Bryce Young an idea of what Alabama's getting, a few weeks ago, Modern Day played Centennial High School in Arizona. Centennial is a team ranked in the top 10 in their state. Bryce Young played three quarters of football. He set out the fourth. His... Final stat line read as this 31 for 37, 528 yards, seven touchdowns. Modern day beat a top 10 Arizona team 71 to 21.
1: Well, let's just hope that's the, the beginning of the top 25 trend.
0: Uh, they, they also played St. Francis a couple weeks ago. Boy, we've talked about St. Francis mm-hmm. some on the show. Uh, I watched that entire game, and we've said Alabama's built a mini pipeline there. Of course, they, they signed a Yabia two classes ago, Shane Lee, Darian Dalcourt from the 19 class, and five-star defensive end Chris Braswell in the 20 class is committed to Alabama. They're a consensus top five high school team in the nation. They're ranked second in the country on max preps. I watched them look clueless when they lined up against Bryce Young. He threw for 247, rushed for 104. He scored four four touchdowns. They won 34-18. St. Francis, who by the way has a Power Five recruit at every, literally every single position on the roster, they had zero answers. There's not a soul on that field that looked like they belonged there with Bryce Young.
1: Man, I'm telling you, you you're not gonna do it to me. I'm not gonna go ahead and start getting my hopes up for next year. Like <laughs> it's not going to happen.
0: <laughs> let me let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. And just knowing what we know, Bryce Young and what everybody thinks of him, uh, he is an early enrollee. Assuming nothing changes, and he he does sign and he ends up in Tuscaloosa, he'll be there for spring practice. I know it's early to start speculating, but there are a lot of people <laughs> who think that he starts for Alabama next year. If you are an odds maker, do you make Bryce Young the favorite over the three already on campus?
1: I think he's he, he's got to be even odds with Mac Jones. Yeah. So, I, yeah. I really think he has to be. So. Uh just in hell, I mean, I think it's even odds that Talia or Paul, you know, transfers. So uh,
0: there's gonna be, uh, there will be a transfer next year. I don't but my I God, guarantee
1: You it. know, we've we talked about the black hole of gumpness this will create when to, both Talia and Paul decided to come to Alabama. Mm-hmm. Uh man. Now you get to throw this kid in, <laughs> in the number one dual threat quarterback, to his little brother, Bear Bryant's great grandson, and then, you know, of course, Mac Jones.
0: So can you imagine the hot takes? It is going to tanks? be
1: insufferable. <laughs> My God, there is unlimited amount of just. Sh- it's going to be massive Tide fandom. I mean, it's we we will not be able to stop it.
0: Maybe Tua will just come back for a senior year. We don't have to do- We can put it off a year,
1: buddy. The only way that's going to happen is something not good happening. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know if that's a fair trade off. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I got you. Uh, yeah, like if, if this was t- if we were living in two thousand twelve. I would assume Mac Jones is a safe choice. I'd assume Saban would kind of go with the guy entering his fourth year. He had never started a true freshman in his career before Jalen. But I, I truly think I think Lane Kiffin, Jalen Hurts, and Tua Tonga changed Nick Saban.
1: Oh, absolutely. You know, Lane was that evolution of his coaching, mm-hmm. you know, philosophy and his decision making. And absolutely, Lane Kiffin is that chap, that second chapter at Alabama for Nick Saban.
0: Yeah. I don't know if we'll see Bryce Young start game one. We may see that traditional Nick Saban approach of taking the quarterback battle into the season, yeah, letting it kind of letting it play out on the field. But if I'm setting odds and you need me to name who I think is starting in week six opposed to week one, I'm listing Bryce Young as the favorite.
1: Well, shit, it depends on what Mac Jones is starting in week one too. So yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um alabama's also kind of seemed to pick up steam on the recruiting trail as well after bryce young's commitment they've had some skill position guys reach out to them uh who are interested in playing alongside of the five star quarterback and steve sarkisian he led the charge here he is the one that had the multi-year relationship with bryce young and his family i know a lot of us including me were kind of skeptical on rehiring sark but it just paid off in a huge way
1: but this uh, this can't be a one-and-done for Sark either, you know? Yeah, correct. So, I, and I don't think it will be either, but I just hope he understands you can't run a jet sweep with a, qu- a quarterback. Uh, so, <laughs> that's the only thing. Uh, but it will help out in the red zone. But I'm not shocked to hear that Bryce got that big Bama bump from, what, three, four positions up to number four? Uh, <laughs> and, you know, now we got some other talented kids across the country wanting to come play in Alabama. I mean, that that's just that, – it's got to be tough not to, you know, be – a fan of a team that has that
0: problem yeah like this this doesn't need to be a one and done for sark but if i could pick the one for him to be one and done that it would be bryce young like if you're going to go one and done at least at least he hit a he hit one out of the park like he hit one completely out of the actual stadium
1: that's uh that's some pretty high praise (laughs) so uh definitely he's going to be uh your Jeremy Pruitt prediction, so oh my
0: god, Sp- yeah, dude, yeah.
1: So let's hope it doesn't uh, disappoint. To the way <laughs> yeah, of that one.
0: I d- who I would have never thought it would be this bad for Jeremy Pruitt. Like I, I mean, I thought maybe it would take a minute, but. Yeah, he's gonna be back in Tuscaloosa by like in a month, dude.
1: Screw! I I hope to hell I welcome him back. There's a reason why, like Aaron Suttle said on our show before, there's a reason why the non-offensive touchdowns picked up when Kirby left and dropped off when Pruitt left. Uh I'll take his ass back in a heartbeat as DC, yeah, because it also means Tennessee's gonna continue to be shit the rest of the season (laughs) too. (laughs)
0: Like <laughs> Jeremy Pruitt is my favorite defensive coordinator of the Saban era for sure, by far. Like it, it, there is not a close second. So yeah, would welcome him with open arms. I know that there are a lot of people uh, who feel the same. This is kind of slightly off, maybe not off to- topic, but it, it's still with the recruiting theme. I just had to bring this up. I saw a like 2021 safety list his top five earlier today. It included mm-hmm. Al- Alabama. So naturally I clicked his profile. He's a top five player in the country. In the early rankings, his name is James Williams, Brad. He is a 6'5", 218 hundred and eighteen-pound safety. <laughs> Good lord! He's like he's Derwin James' dad. Yeah, I, yeah. And uh, like I'm just drawing. Maybe I'm drawing a blank here. And there's an obvious answer. Have you ever seen a six-five defensive back? Uh,
1: hell, Georgia's got one. Right now? They had a. Well, he was a freshman last year? He was six-five. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah. Yeah, he was a – I mean, dude, he was noticeable out on the field.
0: Yeah, I'm sure he was, yeah. Uh,
1: um, and, You know, other other than that, in recent college, no, I don't. Uh, NFL, I'm sure there's been several. I mean, even, even NFL, I
0: can't – like Richard Sherman, 6'3", I know, and he's like abnormally huge for a DB. I don't know. May, like maybe this kid will grow into a different position. Clearly he has the, the skill and the range and, and change of direction and everything to be listed as a DB. That's something to keep an eye on for the future, though. That that is an interesting prospect in that class. Uh,
1: well, yeah, he, he he's gonna grow himself right into a tight end. So
0: <laughs> yeah, I was thinking like maybe he'll be a linebacker, or maybe he'll he'll end up at D end. But yeah, I, that kid is 16 years old. It's six five two eighteen playing <laughs> playing safety. So. I mean
1: that's just that's almost just freak. I mean that's yeah. Terrell Lewis. I mean. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and it's not like he's like a three star kid that's playing out of position and you know his high school coaches don't know where he fits in. Like he's a top five player in the country. So anyways. Uh moving on to Ole Miss Week, Brad. Alabama is a thirty seven and a half point favorite right now. You giving up those points?
1: Oh man. I I mean I, I look I've bet against the tide the last two weeks and I'm one and one. So it's tough. I I gotta say no. I, I gotta I'm taking Alabama on that one. Uh, because Ole Miss is, uh, well, they're pretty pretty trash. They're yeah, not Arkansas that. or Tennessee, but they're pretty damn trash. Yeah. So I, I think they'll be able to cover this one. Uh, hopefully they continue that trend of 50-plus more points uh, against the Landsharks uh, because of the two-year streak that they had.
0: Yeah, their starting quarterback, Matt Carell, he, he may be out too. He has bruised ribs. His backup looked really good last week when he came in. Uh, Matt Luke is unsure if he'll play, though. I've always been intrigued by Matt Corral, and I always think of this every time that that I hear his name or see him. I don't know if you remember him as a recruit. He's a guy Alabama was interested in, but they ended up passing on him, I think mostly due to off-the-field stuff. They were not alone in that. He'd, he had originally committed to USC. He went to high school at uh, Oaks Christian in California, which is also – where Wayne Gretzky's kids went, and there's a point to this. Gretzky has been a huge donor there. He has apparently raised hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars for Oaks Oaks Christians over the years. Matt Corral apparently went Deontay Wilder on one of Wayne Gretzky's sons at a basketball game in front of everyone and uh, recorded a KO. All of a sudden, Matt Corral was no longer enrolled at Oaks Christian.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Go figure, yeah.
0: So, a lot of schools ended up passing on Matt Corral, Ole Miss. I guess you could say benefited from that and got his signature. But uh, whether he plays or not, this game feels a lot different to me than the Ole Miss games of the past five or six years.
1: We're talking 36 points, though, feel different. You know, maybe they cover. Yeah. But But, I'm not – I don't know. You still got to score more than us, man. I think Alabama's being spotted 36 points is still not being gracious enough if they truly want to. So, yeah, which they've made it a point since 2015 that if they truly want to, they're going to score all the points.
0: <laughs> yeah. Like the reason a lot, a big reason why it kind of feels different to me. I think we felt confident going into those games, even like the last one, last season and the, the year before that, like we, we felt good going into those games, but they've, Ole Miss has always had, like, that w- one trait or two traits that maybe gave you some pause going into Saturday. Like, you knew going into the game the last two years that they had one of the best groups of wide receivers in the country. Like, you knew A.J. Brown, you knew D.K. Metcalf, you knew DeMarcus Lodge could cause problems for anyone. And I just I don't see that one trait from them this year that gives me any pause at all whatsoever going into this game.
1: No, the only pause that there should be is the fact that uh, Matt Luke is still their head coach, and that pause is by the Ole Miss Athletic Department. Yeah. So,
0: yeah, how much longer do you think they stick with him?
1: Another year, probably. Yeah, I mean, who the hell else are they going to get right now?
0: Has he just kind of always felt like the holdover coach to you, yeah, it,
1: dude? Yeah, he's like he's he's so he gets no time on TV really, but he just seems like the weirdest like coach in college football. <laughs> like, seriously, like Dan Mullen's the one thing, but. This dude, I don't know, man. Like I would not want to be picked up on the side of the road by him.
0: maybe that maybe that's why they hired him. He's just like the quiet guy. They're just get get us past the Hugh Freeze saga, keep us out of the limelight, keep us above water.
1: Well, I mean, look, I just hope that we're gonna put that team in a hospital bed just like their former coach. So
0: <laughs> that's <not> weird. <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> that's the greatest moment of this season. My God, I mean, seriously. <laughs> And then the video they edited out and put the aisle of the uh, Kinnick Wave yes. and you for yes, there. That, yeah.
0: Oh, my God. <laughs> Sometimes
1: Twitter is great.
0: It just seemed like such a ploy from him, like such a look at me moment. Like, I'm coaching. I'm at the stadium in my hospital bed, you know. I don't, I don't know. Just whatever.
1: Uh, Anyways. And that was still not as off the rails as Tennessee. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or Arkansas losing to San Jose State. I mean, oh, great gosh. win for them, too. I mean, they were 2-18 and 18 the last two years. So.
0: Yeah. Um, Ole Miss does have an interim chancellor and athletic director. So, Matt Luke really, he might have free reign to just kind of stack L's this season. I, I think that they probably ride it out this year. Unless something changes, though, next year, I kind of doubt he makes it past 2020 once they they kind of hire hire those guys and get some permanent athletic director and chancellor in place
1: yeah no i don't see a way that he's there uh past next year so yeah
0: um they've struggled some against the past this could be another opportunity for to kind of stat pad build that heisman resume but Ole miss has been surprisingly good against the run so far they're only giving up 2.8 yards per carry who would have thought that last year um, yeah, they
1: actually did a good job against Memphis, and uh, I believe that was the opener. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I think that was like an 18-point total scoring game for mm. both teams. I think it was 10-8. to eight.
0: Yeah, they, so. they've kind of – they're the opposite team of what they were last year. They're playing decent on defense and – uh, not scoring too much on offense, but this could be a a, a good week for your guy, Najee Harris, and, and the offensive line to kind of turn that corner against a good, <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying this, but a, a good run defense team.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. It's early. It's early. But, uh, no, they played some pretty legitimate teams, especially Cal last week. But, no, uh, Najee, uh, I hope I get to see that combo, though, of him running behind some cornbread. Let's hope we can get to see that uh, this week.
0: But boy.
1: seems like cornbread is going to have to wait until about the third series coming
0: in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're, we're both in agreement. We think Deontay Brown eventually earns his spot back. Nick Saban said the plan – was to play him this week at both guard spots, kind of get an av- evaluation on where he's at. Do you think he earns that spot back immediately after this week, or do you think they'll kind of ease him in over the next few?
1: Well, I think they won't, They would like to ease him in. But I think if he's where they would bare minimum want him to be at and the rest of the offensive line still doing offensive line things mm-hmm. uh, of this season, he's going to be put in there pretty quickly.
0: Yeah, it can't take them long for to to let him kind of solidify that spot. Nick Saban said he's been injured, though. Yeah, I guess nobody knew because he had been suspended. So Yeah, you
1: don't have to put out anything on <laughs> yeah. that. So.
0: Yeah, and they, they also mentioned uh, – uh, Nick Saban mentioned that they've had some issues kind of with his weight and keeping him in shape, which I, I – I mean, I know he's as big as a fridge, obviously, but, like, I, I didn't know that that was an issue for them. So that could be something to kind of keep an eye on. How, how long do they keep him in? I'm, I'm wondering if, if he's sort of out of shape from what we've what we've heard.
1: Oh, I'm sure he's going to be. I yeah. mean, regardless. I mean, the rest of the team's got a whole month on. Uh,
0: this has been the Roll Bimber Roll podcast. Roll Tide.